Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. And that intro was, well, a lot of people have requested that we we brought back the old intro, the old hello from all of us. Which we so actually we stopped doing because it seemed to, it was a very loud thing to kick off with in people's ears. But then people miss it. Not no, quite as not loud there. as the This Is Sparta that was a, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> like that genuinely did freak people out. But um, anyway, if you were missing that hello, then, well, hello. That was and, for you. And that's just for you. Uh, this week I'm joined by uh, Chris Tilly. Hello. Daniel Kruper. Hi. Bitrare Park. At eight. And I am, of course, Alex Simmons. We will be talking through this week's news, looking at, well, bringing a, an old feature back. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. And, of course, discussing um, what's out this week. But first, Star Wars is going a bit up the swanee. Or is it? Well, uh, this last week, there has been the CinemaCon event in Las Vegas, which uh, all the studios uh, bring clips and films and guests to uh, introduce them to the theatre owners uh, to show them the films that are coming out in the next few months. So it's uh, a, uh, a trade? It's a trade event, but they've started, started inviting journalists now. Right. So we've had one of our guys, Jim, Jim Vegvoda, has been out there looking at the uh, clips and trailers and movies, and uh, he was at the Disney Lucasfilm uh, uh, event, and they announced that there's going to be a Star Wars film every year. <laughs> Mm. Every friggin' year from mm. 2015 onwards. Until you die. Wow. Which I kind of thought was going to happen anyway. It's the Pixar. Well, it's, it's, be- the Pixar oh, it's become a new standard model, hasn't it? It's, you know, with things like The Hobbit. Like, yeah, you know, Twilight. Way, yeah. yeah, but at least with The Hobbit, you know that once they've done three, that's it. Was this, this will, could, it will that be it? Cerulean. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody goes. No, but, somebody does go. And also, after Lord of the Rings, there was obviously quite a, an extended break. But, like, really? Like, theoretically, this could go on and on and mm. on. So what's, what, what's the plan with the trilogy and the standalone? It's a mix, isn't it? Yeah, so 2015 is going to be episode seven. So that'll be Abrams, J.J. Abrams. Abrams. And then the next year, it will be a standalone. The next year, an Abrams. Next year, standalone. So they're going to alternate. I'm so, quite, I, quite, I do think it's quite a good idea having the alternating year. To, and you could... You could hire some really interesting directors to do mm. those standalone movies. And yeah. You could really shake up the tone. Yeah, and it's not and like they have focus. to be rushed if they're totally different productions yeah. running so side by side. So they're completely unrelated. Yeah, well, they'll, as... they'll be related in some way, but they're going to be right. standalone movies that aren't part of I Abrams' w- trilogy. I wonder if Disney right. have looked at what Marvel have done and what they've achieved in recent years and go, you have all these films in the same universe every year and occasionally we can probably down the road we'll set up a bunch of new characters in the next trilogy and the standalone movies and the standalone movies might 20 whatever 25 come together as one big movie yeah because Marvel are effectively releasing two or three films a year within the same universe so that's what we're talking about yeah 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 sure you know and they've rumoured that there'll be a, a Yoda movie a young Han Solo movie Seven Samurai, they've talked about doing like that set in space. Because I'm right in saying, you know, early Bond movies and movies like kind of 50, 60, you'd have almost more annualised kind of time frames, wouldn't you? Where you would say Sean Connery will return as Bond. And they're kind of doing that in the Marvel movies where you have this Easter egg and you know that character's coming back. Mm. So it's like continuous production. Uh, probably makes more financial sense as well. If you basically lock down those special effects artists and you just put them on contracts and you go, you're doing this for the next. <laughs> Have they? Um, they haven't sort of spoken at all about. Is it three films that, from the kind of trilogy, as it were, the, that they've they've definitely confirmed? Yeah, yeah. Abrams is doing three. So, so you, you're guaranteed that this cycle will last for probably six years. His will, yes. Yeah, with, yeah. with the alternates in between. Yeah, but they haven't mentioned at all about well, the, the kind of characters that will that will even be in Abrams movies. Like, is it like where is it set? Is it in, is it before? Is it after? Is it's, it completely it's, different? It's post episode six, and the, and the word is right. that Harrison Ford. Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill will all return. Right. So it would have to be, how, well, it, it'd be in real years, really, wouldn't it? it yes. Yeah. How yeah. long ago Star Wars or Return of the Jedi was? So uh, 30 years. It's, it's quite interesting. I'd like to know what happens to the whole of the rebellion and the Empire 
what, especially after the little celebratory Ewok dance at the end of Return of the Jedi. I really want to know what happens after that. Like, who gets off with one of the Ewoks? What would you like the standalone movies to be? That is tough. Because, you know, like Star Wars 13, 13 went down the Swanee. Yeah. Would you want to see a movie about bounty hunters and, like, kind of a bit... I don't I hate using the word gritty, but, yeah. you know, a bit darker in tone. I guess the problem is, is it... The idea sounds great, but in reality, I'm not sure it would well, be. Space gangsters. Yeah. You know, like they do space cowboy movies. If they did a, did, like, if they know, did a like, film called Space Gangsters, that sounds awesome. That's it, Space Gangsters. That's my uh, movie. I would like to see totally new characters. I, I'm not interested in seeing young Yoda and young no. Harris, um, Han Solo. Well, it'd be old young though, right? Yoda. Oh, no. Uh, no as, but, okay, because we're not sure. Movie. Right. They, do, they should do the Yoda Chewbacca buddy movie, and it's basically just Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Rich, what would you like to see? I think I would like to see a Yoda film. Really? Yeah, standalone Yoda movie. Why? Prequel. It like he's found wilder di- days. Like it's just a compilation of all of his Vodafone adverts. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Voiced by that guy as well. Um, I don't... Um, I guess I'd like to see the kind of um, where he came from and maybe his whole background. You'd like to see the birthing of Yoda. <laughs> his training. <laughs> he yeah. looks like a baby anyway. Well, one born every minute. But <laughs> <laughs> little Yoda. What, what species is Yoda? I don't know off the top of my head. Thanks, Al. Just Sorry. Me, me look just right. out there. I don't know. I, uh, well, he's Daniel he's looks that up. He's just a little <laughs> wizened human. Um, I also, in this kind of unconnected piece of news, Billy D. Williams has been talking a lot. You remember Billy D. Williams? Yeah, yep. surely he's going to land that role, isn't he? <laughs> oh. <laughs> very good. Uh, well, not yet. He's very keen, though. He's put up, he updated his Facebook page I with this it. statement. Everyone is still talking about the new Star Wars movie. The best way to ensure that Billy D. Williams will be in the new film is to Facebook, Twitter, blog, and tell Disney and Lucasfilm that you want to see Lando again. Hopefully JJ will read the wishes and write in Lando. I must admit, he's not one of the first characters I thought, I really want Lando to be in the next movie. That, well, that's the first standalone movie. Do you think? God. <laughs> All right, so I've looked this up. This is probably why I didn't know this off the top of my head, obviously. Right. Um, on, on, the, on Wikipedia... Guess what? Yoda species is known as Yoda's species. Wow. Ah, this is fucking lazy, ah, George. Course. The Jedi Master Yoda was the best known member of a species whose true name is not recorded. Known in some sources simply as Yoda's species. The species <laughs> are small humanoids produce you, several well-known members of the... Give them a name. You, you've got to love Wikipedia. It's one of the is best... That, no- is that Wikipedia? Uh, yeah, that's Wikipedia. That's we- one of the Wikipedia. Best- yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. best known characters. Just give him a name. Well, there we go. Mm. That's the first standalone film. Yeah, we need to know the history now. It's called Yoda Species. <laughs> what are you, Yoda Species? <laughs> that's just late. I also feel like they've fleshed out quite a lot of the backstory on some of the kind of subsidiary characters. Like you've seen all a lot of the stuff that happens on Chewbacca's world in yeah, Kashyyyk. Yeah. Is that, that is how you pronounce yeah, it, I think, isn't it? And then, like, obviously, tons of Boba Fett and Jango Fett shit, which is like, why not get ruined the character? That seems a bit unfair, I think. What's that? I think it seems a bit unfair not to give Yoda his dues. Oh, right. Sorry, you're back on Yoda, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I feel quite <laughs> strongly about it. I think we should, like, have a campaign to give Yoda species a name that's not Yoda species. Let's make one up now. Imagine how lazy you'd be as a, as a zoologist doing that. If only yeah. we had listeners who could write in with suggestions. <laughs> we don't have yes. listeners, Chris. <laughs> and if we did, we've certainly lost them now. I know, but I think that's a good shout. Write in, what, what species is Yoda? Let us know. IGN UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, next piece of news is that uh, Castle of Illusion, the famous Mega Drive stroke Genesis Mickey Mouse game, is getting an HD remake. Um, now you're talking Sega. my language. I used to love Castle of Illusion. Really? Yeah. It was the most beautiful game ever made at the time, I think. I, I, that is a quote for the new box. Yeah. The most I beautiful did. game ever made, Asterix, 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most beautiful game. I've, I had it on Game Gear only. Oh, did you? Yeah. Bit of a graphical. You used to run and jump around big cakes. <laughs> a lot of people thought it was just a Mario ripoff, didn't they? I must admit, I, I only played it a bit. I didn't play it that much because I was more of a SNES person. So, But is this a new trend? Because obviously at PAX they announced they're doing a DuckTales remake. Woo! I know these remakes are the remasters. Uh, Actually, so are they going to... Yeah, I've been intrigued by that. There's a, you know, the parallel we think about it is something like Gus Van Sant's Psycho. That's a shot-for-shot shot yeah. remake. A remastering is going back to the original print and preserving it in some ways, isn't it? Well, that's and making the a castle illusion better. is never ever going to be that. Exactly. The so, game is kind of so then I think you're, uh, mm. so 
but then what are they preserving? DuckTales, they're saying they're preserving kind of the underlying framework. Right. But updating the graphics. So in that sense, it's more akin to a remastering because the underlying game and the inputs, like if you have muscle memory for some of the levels, apparently that will still really function. But then they're adding in sections and new levels. Right. So Because obviously can- it's going to be built from scratch. Yeah. It will have mm. to be. But... That's quite interesting. Like that, they're. I don't literally... know where they're, ju- they're just saying that to kind of placate fans of the original game. But if that's true, if the kind of all the geometry and inputs are the same, then it's more close to remastering, a, like restoring a film, I guess. Yeah. But I don't think the parallel film works that closely anyway. So I don't know why I'm saying it. <laughs> I, I'm just interested to see. Obviously, there is a lot of people excited for both Ducktales and Castle of Illusion. Yeah. But how big a deal would it really be? I don't think it translates. Oh, were you going to buy it, Chris? Because you played I, it. I'd want, I, yeah, I played I think, it to death when I was a kid. I want. I, I think the danger is, is that it's never as good as you remember it no. being. Well, yeah. Plus, you move, you move on. Everything's yeah. become so much. It's, the nostalgia trip would be fun for five minutes, but yeah, it was even like. A, sorry, so no, I was going to say, side-scrolling platformers have kind of largely gone away as mm. big budget sort of titles. Yeah, but it, 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 as a downloadable like 360 game or PSN or something, I think it's if it's priced correctly, it could be decent. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's even like Shadow of the Colossus and Ico HD remakes. I I remembered those games as being amazing, and then I played the remakes, and it was a bit like, oh, not quite as good as I remember. And also the HD bit was a bit shit. Like Metal Gear was a really good HD remake. Anyway. Anyway, we'll see. That game is oh, actually a release date hasn't been confirmed. And that's um, a really that's a really influential game. Oh no, sorry, Telelight's come out in summer twenty fifteen. Oh, you messed up my link then. Sorry. It's gonna do a really good game going. Oh. That's a really inf- those are both really influential games. Like Chris They are. What about some influential T V shows? Oh it's funny you should ask actually, Dan. Uh, this week, <laughs> sorry, Look at that. I couldn't keep a straight face. Guys, we should, we need, guys, we need to start rehearsing this shit so much. <laughs> This week, a truly bizarre list uh, appeared on the internet, and it was compiled I'm by... I'm sure every week there's a truly bizarre <laughs> list that appears on the internet. Yeah, you we just usually have to find it. this one. But I decided to cover this one. <laughs> right, okay. um, it's compiled by Swiss ratings experts, The Wit, right. and it was to celebrate 50 years of a, of a big um, TV festival that happens in Cannes at this time of year, before the film festival. And um, again, that's an industry and trade show. But they decided to pick... To celebrate those 50 years, the, the 50 most influential TV shows from around the world. And so they picked one for each of the last 50 years. Wow. Um, I wouldn't say it's an all-encompassing list <laughs> right. because there's no BBC shows on it because BBC wouldn't give them uh, the rights to put clips on their website. Right. Which seems actually quite short-sighted by the BBC. Yeah. So the rationale is you can only... So it, has to be the year that TV show started, so that yeah. kind of limits if there's like two really good shows that yeah, year. Yeah, I guess that you know it's a, it's a, such a hard thing, and unless you're going to do the top fifty in order, I think they've just picked you know. I think it's a good way to approach. Yeah, and and um, yeah, how do they pick it? Hold on, I had it here. Uh, the criteria being that they either made their mark abroad, all around the globe, or had impact, huge impact at home. So there's lots of random ones that you would never have heard of unless you lived in Japan or Germany or Colombia. <laughs> So it's right. Okay. Wow. Some of them. So, but, but they haven't actually. They haven't listed the number one most influential. No, they've okay, just fine. done one from each year. So some of the big ones are Star Trek from '66. Yep. Sesame Street from '69. Yep. Corrie from 1970. Neighbours from 1985. Wow. <laughs> Neighbours. Actually, Australia do well around that so time. So EastEnders didn't get in there. No EastEnders. Wow. Because there's no BBC. Oh shit! Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Australia was doing well because Home and Away pops up as well. I guess because these shows was, have been sold all around the world. I guess so. And They're played massive. for the last yeah. 30, 40 years. So. That's, I find uh, it amazing that people still watch that. You don't need Home and Away and Neighbours. You're one or the other. I actually uh, saw a, an advert for Neighbours the other day, and it has gone badass. Completely badass. There was explosions. Was in... it the one with Toadfish? Yeah. 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 He was, he's gone evil. I saw that advert yeah. as well. He's gone evil. I, I don't um, know what's happening. Something bad's on fire. With Toadie. I actually know the PR who looks after Toadie. Because oh, really? he was in Celebrity Big Brother last year, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. How much does she was have he? to really look after him? Uh, well, <laughs> is he like a baby? Because obviously he's based in Australia, right? Yeah. But it's when he comes over here. She yeah, he does. He comes over here. He's freaked yeah. out. Cause it's like so, she, so she was like kind of the sort of PR looking after him throughout the whole of the Celebrity Big Brother stuff. He came across quite well on I saw bits of it. He came across quite well, I thought. I can't believe you watched it. What's well, Toadie? I watched S- anything Toadie's in. Really? No. 
Right. Uh, the Simpsons from 89. Fair enough. Yeah, good that's shout. a good one. Friends from 1994. Uh, Big Brother from 1999. Actually, the last sort of 15 years, they've put a lot of reality shows because I right. guess that's what's happened. So you've it's got all it is. Survivor, pop stars. I bet if you look at it, it probably charts trends in TV taste quite well, actually. Yeah, so 2009, MasterChef Australia. What? Because wow. apparently, I think they were the guys that rebooted it with the is current right? format. Oh, so yeah. not, have you not got all the box sets? I just it's thought, like it's like The Wire. It's like the best show yeah, ever. Yeah, but the Lloyd Grossman the original, you can't beat that. <laughs> well, in the studio. He was can the you, king of cooking. Can you do an yeah. impression, Alex? You must be able to. Uh, oh no, I'm trying to think of a catchphrase. Uh, well, do the other one. house like this. Do through the keyhole. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. Come on. Alex, uh, do it, do it, do it. Uh, I can't remember. Who lives in a house like this? I can't do it. Oh. I, can't, I can't remember. Kenneth Williams. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, because they were saying that the first one they've got, 1963, they wanted to put Doctor Who. Right. It was obviously, but yep. because they couldn't get the rights, they put Astro Boy from Japan instead. Hmm. Well, what so, about thing. any big um, HBO series or anything like that in there? Mm. Not really. The, the biggest kind of what what we think of as those modern awesome series. The only one they put in is Homeland. Uh, surely Twenty Four. That was pretty good. The first few series of Twenty Four. Yeah, awesome. and like it was doing something completely new that I'd never seen before. Yeah, and that's not in there. It's not. <clears throat> and The Wire as well. The Wire. Mm. The Wire. Sopranos. Lost. Right. That's some biggies. Mad, mad that is pretty, biggies pretty insane. And Maybe I was looking to see if we'd done something similar, and the closest I could find on IGM was we picked the 25 greatest comedy shows of all time. 40 Tales. Uh, that was in there. <laughs> well, obviously, if tells. you remember, I was having lots of arguments with the States. Oh, yeah. uh, Arrested Development was number one for that. That's a good shout. And obviously, that's coming back. That's good. If you were going to do a, a comedy festival uh, in the south of France, you'd probably call it Can Laughter. Good, isn't it? No can do. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, there we go. Uh, football. Football. Let's talk about Football's. something proper. Look at it. It's going to move. Right. I saw FIFA 14. They announced FIFA 14 this week. Who knew it? Who, who? I thought they were going to skip a year. Doing another one. I really thought that it wasn't going to come out Doing until one. next year. Um, so they're taking the annualised approach and the ball is still present. That's good. And <laughs> yeah, so they're only talking about it currently on Xbox 360 PS3 and PC. Mm. They're not talking about handhelds, and they're not talking about next-gen versions. And I would imagine that's because they don't want to detract from the big jazzy next-gen announcement. Maybe at E3 or something. Wouldn't it be great if they had a jazz intro? Well, jazz hands. Like, like, like famous footballers' heads cut off and put on bodies, doing like a big kind of opening number. I just want big head football and more like those figures used to. Collect. Do you know that must be really <laughs> easy? Why can't they do that anymore? Well, big head mode. Yeah. I don't know, big head mode and everything. Everybody used to love Just big so head I can mode. have a realistic avatar. <laughs> Dan, do you get, as our resident FIFA expert, <laughs> yeah. does it destroy your soul having to write about it yeah. annually? I'm running out of things to say about yeah. balls. But you don't have no. to reinvent the wheel every single time. Well, obviously no, FIFA so it right? seemed, obviously, the game was really good last year. Lots of people bought it. Guess how many games of FIFA have played every week Ooh. globally? This, oh, is a, uh, this is a stat attack for you. I would say 80 million. 80? Yeah, is that too much? Oh, you've gone too high now. That's what my answer <laughs> oh, no, was I, I was going to say 7.5 million. 65 million. That's wow. quite a lot. That is a lot. That's quite a lot. Uh, a lot. So not, the not risk is, I guess, with this, I always think about this every year when I have to cover FIFA. If you've got a game that's pretty well-liked, so many people play it, it's quite a dangerous proposition to change anything and alienate those people. Mm. Yet you have to change just enough so it seems like a worthwhile purchase. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of a, quite a fine line to tread, I think. Well, James Bond's been doing it for yeah. 50 years on T- You've got to tinker with the formula, maybe don't reinvent it. So this year, I was run through some quick features. It's all there on the site. We've got a really good video where we've got the producer, Nick Channon, and he goes through all five features, probably better than I would. But they're trying to make it more... So you build up play a lot more. I think one of the things about FIFA, one of the things you can say, is play goes from left to right a bit too much, mm. like back and forth, back and forth. Whereas in the new game, it will really support uh, midfield play. They've done a cool thing where you can shield the ball using the left trigger. So if you want to back into players when you receive the ball, you can hold down left trigger and you'll just hold them off with your body. Mm. And that means you can then move away and make a pass. It just buys you a little bit of time on the ball. Half a yard or something. And then the last big thing is like they've gone, they want to make goals feel more satisfying. So they've improved all the shooting, better ball physics so you can 
it's just you can score from more places and you can understand i think a lot of people who don't play fifa that regularly when they don't score they go i don't know why i didn't score in that situation and it's because the animation of the striker doesn't reflect what goes wrong mm. it's just like a standard animation for whether you score or whether you don't it's just kicking the ball kind of the same yeah whereas this year if you rush your shot or you're off balance the animation will reflect that giving you visual feedback on how you fucked up um so those are the big changes i wonder how far out they plan their um their new features well i was thinking about this because the other big feature is more fluid dribbling like you can really run at pace and turn really quickly but last year they said they improved dribbling and it's like, have you split? It seems like that. Like last year was com- precision dribbling. Yeah. Right? Why couldn't you have introduced that to precision yeah. dribbling, complete dribbling, which you did last year, and just fixed dribbling in one? Do you yeah. ration these updates? It's got to be. It's got to be. To, otherwise, you've they, got nothing. They, yeah, they've, they've built the perfect game. It's like, ah, what do we do now? Because nothing in football is ever really going to change, is it? There's always going to be the same kind of rules. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, what, yeah, I can yeah. See, what I can see with next gen, like, speculate a little bit, I can imagine the intelligence of your teammates will be much better because more powerful processor, more RAM, you'll be able to give better AI to all those extra players on the pitch. And then it's also graphical things like the yeah. crowd looks shit in FIFA because, it's, because it's animating all those players on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah. But in the next gen, you'll it'll just, well, it'll be kind of... No, I know, it'll, it'll be a nicer nice. experience, yeah. Um, but I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they've probably got the next three to four years mapped out in terms of new features and where they want to go. I yeah, might be wrong. Really, but so you know they release a pretty similar game each year with just a few tweaks. Yeah, I'd, I'd, could you? Would it be valid for you to copy and paste your review each year and just make a couple of tweaks to it? Can I do that, Alex? No, I no. think <laughs> it's a, just an idea. <laughs> I do think you know. I can see one day where you pay FIFA subscription. It's going to have to move to that. A subscription model like pay to play where you pay x amount a month like netflix and the game can be updated every two three years with a physical disc maybe mm. like a big i don't know there'll just, be some yeah, model like a in big there, update I, I just think like if it's if it's 40 quid that you pay for the game that you will easily get your money's worth if you like fifa oh totally like, yeah. there are a few games that you will play as much as that like cause I, I was the same with when i used to play pro evil all the time so if, if you spread the cost over a year and it's, I don't know, eight quid a month or something like that, well, probably not even that, five or a month, I think that's really good value. If you're guaranteed constantly new features that are kind of updating your game and making Balancing, it the best it can be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think you'll be able I to do it on that. with your always online Xbox. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, you could do. <laughs> so uh, any, do we know... We don't have no idea what they're going to talk about when it comes to next gen FIFA. Then. We've no, no idea. There's, I've mentioned this before, but there's going to be a situation like this year where FIFA is going to come out in several different variations yeah. at the same price with the same name. Just hope it's not the same as the kind of Wii U sort of debacle where it was a game that was, you know, a year old, pretty much. Exact. Oh no, yeah. sorry, it wasn't Wii U, was it? it was Wii. Yeah. Whereas exactly the same game. And um, Wii U as well. The, uh, and Wii U right, as well. Okay. It was like FIFA 12. But the, but the, at least they added Wii U specific controls, features, right? But then it didn't have other features like Ultimate Team, which had been out on the game for like years. On yeah. The, so it's, that's yeah. Like they it just needs to unify to it because otherwise you get into consumer issue where parents or other people would buy these games and they're thinking they're getting a version that doesn't have what yeah. their kid wants. I don't know. No, I'm. This is a massive assumption, but I'm thinking that. Obviously, because the technology behind PS4 and Xbox 720 will be an extension of what the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360 is. It's all developed on PC, that they've got that as a base already. So Ultimate Team will already be in there. Yeah. You couldn't have uh, a PS4 version that didn't have Ultimate Team. No, it's you being couldn't. It's such a build has been like an always yeah. connected machine or whatever. Yeah. I was wondering whether you'd be able to buy FIFA 30, um, 14 on PS3 and say you upgrade to your PS4 in X amount of months, whether you can... You know the answer to that. But pay, like, maybe... No, but get, get, like, a jewel pack or something. You absolutely know the answer to that. I do know the answer. That's me. Don't think. be so ridiculous. I, used, I, I like your optimism. It's never going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I don't know why I said that, because obviously that would never happen, would no, it? No, Especially from um, America's Worst Company. Woo! Anyway, uh, that was the news. And uh, I've got a piece of feedback from Alad John that says, I'm writing in to ask to whatever happened to Tradel Time Bar. 
Well, it's back this week because there's been rather a good uh, trailer. Mm. Alex, for new listeners, do you want to say what Trade L Time Bar is? No. I don't think Rich knows what Trade L Time Bar is. I don't even know what that means. I didn't know for weeks. I'm not going to explain to the listeners. I will explain. We used to do a feature called Trailer of the Week. It pretty much explains itself. And then one week, Alex introduced it, and he had what I can only describe as a brain aneurysm. And he went, time for Trade L Time Bar. He couldn't speak. I don't know why. Time for Trade L Time Bar. So now... That's what it's called. Anyway, uh, let's check out the new trailer for Man of Steel, shall we? My father believed that if the world found out who I really was, it'd reject me. He was convinced that the world wasn't ready. What do you think? What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Now, I wasn't particularly excited about Man of Steel until I saw that trailer, and now I think it looks like the absolute nuts. <laughs> it does look like the nuts. It's a very well-crafted trailer. A lot of new footage in it as well. A lot of new footage, great music. Yeah. I, what I think it does quite well, if you watch the original movie, what always gets me is Superman. Um, this might be because of personal circumstances, but the scenes between Kal-El and his little boy, and the, like, the dialogue that Marlon Brando says to his little son when he sends him on his way... There's kind of a few lines that are like that in Isn't the trailer. Isn't it jor and his little boy? Oh, sorry, jor yeah. says to him, like, you will travel far, my son, uh, but I will never leave you, even in the face of my own death. Like, it really makes me choke up. And there's a few mm. lines like that in the trailer. One with Kevin Costner with the little Will Clark says, yeah. can I not still be your son? He's like, yeah. you'll always be my son. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice casting, isn't it? Yeah. Kevin Costner is the all-American dad. Mm. And Russell Crowe is jor Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, some great lines in it. Some great, like, it's very solemn, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't look like a fun Superman movie. No. No, it looks dark. I, I guess the, the... I think I said to you, Chris, like, my only concern is that the final film won't live up to that trailer. Mm. Yeah. And that as much as I like the build-up and showing him, like, the struggles of being Superman before he obviously becomes Superman, I worry that they're going to focus too much on that and it's if it's a three-hour film, that's an hour and a half. It's like... Let's just see Superman now. Come on. I well, think it'll be a, a visual feast as well. You're, it will definitely be spectacle. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I think what they might do, they might structure it in a way. It might not be linear. No. So you you might be on Krypton and then you might be focusing on her, on Lois Lane. It almost like, seems like Lois Lane tracks down Superman from that trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's tracking this urban legend of this guy who helps people in accidents. She says something like, you're a ghost or something. Mm. Yeah. So it could, like, flip between that and Krypton so you could have like spectacle superhero kind of yep. stuff I'm hearing rumours of there being a lot of action on Krypton though really that that more of the film takes place on Krypton than has previously in Superman well, I guess that movie. it's hinted at that in the, the opening scenes of the, the kind of trailer where you see mm. I don't know it's like some kind of like space battle going <laughs> yeah. on or something and what's really smart about that because what one of the weird, one of the ways that I think superhero movies become imbalanced is the fact that you spend too long doing exposition on the bad guy when ultimately you don't really care. Yeah. But with the thing with Zod, his backstory is tied in with Superman's origin and his father. So it's a neat way that you can cover his origin story and also set up the villain yep. in one. Yeah. You're not you're not wasting time. And I do think Michael Shannon. He does look really good in the trailer. He looks great. Yeah. yeah. From the moment he was cast, though, like he's such an amazing presence in yeah. on screen, uh, he's going to eat up the screen. And really I think mm. the trailer ends with the best riposte to kind of the all the kind of accusations that Brian Singer's movies didn't have enough action. You've got Zod and Superman just punching each other in midair at high speed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it does look pretty good, pretty goddamn good. What else? What else did you see in it? Anything else? I don't know. I wish I'd watched it again before we went and sat down here. <laughs> I liked uh, at the end where he's in the interrogation room. Yeah. And she says, what does the S mean? So it's not an S. It's where it's I come from, it stands for hope. That's like, nice. Doesn't mean that here. <laughs> it's, it's a massive S. Yeah. It's, that is definitely an S. You can't span, spell properly. I can't Excuse speak me. properly. <laughs> are, we, are we liking the look of Henry Cavill as yeah. Superman? He's, he's got a lot of looks in a short trailer. Yeah. Because like when he's in the suit... Obviously, clean shaven and all his hair. I thought he looks a lot smaller when he looks like almost like Wolverine. When he's bearded and he's running on fire. He's, yeah, Jesus, he looks huge. huge. Yeah, mm. um, I, I, I like the look of the suit now. You know, the thing is, I always think those 
paparazzi shots are really unflattering on movie props. Yeah. Because movie props do look crap in real life. It's because not being lit properly, shot on nice cameras yep. on film or what. I remember seeing the early footage of Dark Knight Rises and the fight outside of the, the or wherever it is. Yeah. But the, the kind of shaky cam footage of that looked pretty rubbish. Yeah. Because the camera's not right up close and it's not, you know, yeah. edited and you properly. Know what, a big factor as well. It sounds weird that it has that impact. It's music. Yeah. Oh, totally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Power of music in film. I think this trailer had absolutely fantastic music as and well. That's the, it was the, edited so cleverly. It was cleverly. great the way it was it built up and built yeah. up and built and that, up. Those are really fragments nice. from the new Superman theme mm. by Hans Zimmer. Oh, has he done the music? Yeah, and he, was, he talked oh. about um, about how scared he was doing it a bit. He, was, he actually felt intimidated. And he's done a lot of big films. Yeah. It's just because that John Williams thing, uh, theme is so Of course, iconic. yeah. Yeah. I will say that this trailer for Sucker Punch was really good. <laughs> good. Just put that there. film was very good as well. Shut film up. film was good. Shut well, it. if you're a pervert, it was. Stuart and Rich both like twisted both sexual perverts. desires. There you go. Yeah. Video yeah, let us know what you think of uh, the Man of Steel trailer. Can the film possibly live up to that? Uh, we're it's out really soon, isn't it? Oh, no, it's yeah. Star Trek that's out really soon, sorry. It's out end of June. Yeah. Yeah. But Star Trek's out, was it 9th of May or something yeah. like that? Yeah, really soon. Interesting. It's close. Anyway, also this week, uh, Nintendo made a bunch of announcements over their live stream, uh, mainly on 3DS. What, so what's the kind of main stuff, Daniel? Right, so the biggie, I guess, was the one that they announced um, last. There's going to be a new Zelda 3DS game, mm. which I think, you know, we've been talking about for a long time. Obviously, the system launched with a remake of Ocarina of Time, yep. arguably the best Zelda game. So since then, we've kind of been speculating, and me and Marta's kind of stoked that speculation whether it was going to be a, another remake of Majora's Mask or he also kind of mooted a possible link to the past remake in 3D and the actual game is a game a new game entirely new game set in a similar Hyrule to that of Link to the Past so the it, SNES game. it's so nice that it's not a remake Sorry. Yeah. 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 It's not exactly the same game, but remade with with better graphics. Better graphics. Because as much as I enjoyed playing uh, Ocarina again, and obviously the new Wind Waker is coming, it's like you know, do something new, make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and, and it looks really interesting. And it, smartly, like a lot of um, Nintendo's own 3DS games, it uses the 3D. It seems to use the 3D in a really smart way. Yeah. So it's kind of top down, similar to a Link to the Past. But it'll really take advantage of the idea of like height and depth. Yeah. So you'll have a link um, being launched into the uh, into yep. the screen towards you. And Link also has a new ability in the game where he can turn into a two D drawing, allowing him to walk almost within walls, like yep. almost like moving graffiti. So the perspective moves like so it's kind of lower on. down. So you sort of see him moving around yeah. areas that you otherwise wouldn't be able. And it to. seems like puzzle solving. So he can go around walls where there might not be a ledge. Yeah. Or he can thread himself through like the bars of a jail cell. Yeah. Um, I thought that looked really exciting, and that's coming later this year. Hurrah! Um, what else is new? A Mario Party game for 3DS, which I think actually for 3DS could work well. With Do you know what? Wi-Fi. I have never played a single Mario Party game in my life. I think I, I've only played the first couple on GameCube. Yeah. Well, I always really, really enjoy them, but it's like that thing you have to need to get people together and you yeah. have controllers. Yeah. Uh, but so that's why I think on 3DS it might work really well. New Yoshi's Island game for 3DS as well. Yep. Nothing more on that really, but yep. that, that looked cool. Um, a ton of stuff. So they also said that uh, two of the old Zelda games come to Virtual Console, uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, is it? I think yes. that's what they were called. Yep. And, and they were really, really good. Like th- They were developed by Capcom, but really, really good. If you haven't played them, you should absolutely check them out. Um, three new games from Level 5, the people who do um, Leighton and yep. they did Nino Kuni. One's called Bugs vs. Tanks, mm, which yeah, is made by Inafune. I know, but I wasn't sure about that. So you you basically control a troop of World War II tanks that have been shrunk down to the size of insects, and you've got to fight insects. Cool. Mm. I think I quite like that concept. I don't know. Um, I, so, I just thought of that. What was that awful Wii U launch game? Like tanks, tanks, tanks. I just thought of that. Oh no! Oh, yeah. You're welcome. I wonder why. why. <laughs> <laughs> the Starship Dan Prey, which not um, space horror game, first person space horror game, and then the last one was called Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale, set in 1950s Japan. About no, not set in 1950s Japan. It features 1950s kind of Japanese monsters like Godzilla, right. big robots, and your little kid, and you fight them. Cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it sounds fun. Like fun. 
And they've announced a new flying Pikmin that's pink. So it's actually called, probably it's actually called the Winged Pikmin. It's called the Flying Pikmin. No, it's called the Winged Pikmin. Oh, the Winged Pikmin. Yes. The Winged. Well, I think he called it Winged, but <laughs> I, I prefer to pronounce it Winged. Um, and then Mario Luigi Dream Team's got a release date. It's Could coming to Europe on July 12th. So there's a load of good stuff. Oh, golf. Oh, some more info on um, golf, golf, wasn't there? Yeah. And more info on um, Wario Lego game. City. Yeah. But it's, it was kind of a mixture of announcements and also Nintendo just doing their own kind of previews. Yeah. Also, a hardware update for Wii U that enables you to download games in the background rather than the console switching off halfway yeah. through a download. It's well done, that, Nintendo. It's like six that. months after it's come out. The Wii U, yeah. That, yeah. Would, that would have been handy when you're downloading Monster oh, Hunter. Seriously. Also, faster loading screens. Thank God fin- for that. Finally confirmed. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you've not got a 3DS... There's a lot of good stuff yeah, on yeah, it totally, and yeah. coming to it. I do think that's a really yeah. well-supported system. They've really got to sort out Wii U, though. Like, Pikmin's <laughs> been delayed, and it's like, what What are you going to play know, on we, your we, Wii U? We talk yeah. about it all the time, but if they just did become a software producer, but they probably could just still do the 3DS as well. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. I, Yeah, I, I, I know we talk about it all the time, but I can't see... Cannot see how Wii U is going to turn around. Well, everyone's pulling out of supporting it. Did you hear what yeah. happened this week with Injustice? Mm, delayed. Because the guys in the States reviewed Injustice Gods Among Us, and they only got copies of it on Xbox and PS3. They didn't get sent a Wii U version, so they managed to track one down. And they, it, when they booted it up, it didn't have a menu for future DLC. Right. And they tried to contact Warner Brothers and it was quite hard to get an answer on whether Wii U will even get the DLC support of right. its um, console peers. Which is a bit shit if you bought a Wii U. Yeah. You thought, this is going to be my console because I was told that I can play all the other games on it too. Well, that was their big picture. Yeah. Not, not last mm. E3, but the E3 before is like third-party support and all these yeah. amazing like games. You've always been left out a bit with yeah. Wii. Yeah. Always even brought out a pro controller so that you, you feel like you're playing. Yeah. Reportedly yeah. to like people like Activision who said we need a proper controller right anyway whoops anyway that's the big news that is the big Nintendo news uh, so let's um, head over to um, I forgot what do we call our reader feedback oh yeah I forgot to put that in the <laughs> no that's why I'm struggling reader FU who's got the piece <laughs> of feed, first piece of feedback not me the first bit of feedback is from Kings for No is that a real name well, I would assume so. Um, he signs off Kingers. Um, this is all about Xbox rumours. As for the f- physical design, I heard that it'll have a base in the shape of two spherical orbs. One for the optical disk drive and the other holding the HDD. Then nestling between them will be the integrated Kinect camera. When switched off, this will nicely fold away. But when you turn it on, the supporting column will rise majestically to his full height and survey the... Is he taking the piss? <laughs> no, I think he's actually an ex-Microsoft employee. He, he imagine, imagine if he announced it at the end of May and it just looked like a big cock and ball. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And it's got, like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, little sort of sensors that stick out from the circular bits that sort of detect what's going on that look like cubes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he, he started something and you really ran with it, didn't you? Yeah. Then? Uh, I'm trying to think of something else that could come out of the uh, the Connect column, but anyway, that's probably. Wasn't like um, feedback if you're playing certain types of games? You, think? Just, you know, missed. <laughs> <laughs> Little fog machine. <laughs> like smell vision. Maybe like a, a shake weight cooler system from South Park. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Have you ever seen no. the shake weight? No. Oh, we need to show Alex the shake oh, weight when we get out of this okay. podcast. Uh, right, second piece of feedback. That comes from Chules, who says, uh, Rumour is the new Xbox will be called Xbox 24-7, and the tagline will be changed from Jump In to Deal With It. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, again, obviously, these are all... It's a bit of fun. Jokes. Jokes. Larks. All, all about the lols. <laughs> we got one from Chris Burton. It says, On the subject of crying at games, which we were talking about last week... Of films or TV shows, there's one episode of a cartoon that never fails to set me off. The Jurassic Park episode of Futurama turns me into a blubbering mess every time I watch it. So much that I'm welling up just thinking about it now. That is a a very, very sad episode of Futurama. Poor little dog. Episode that I always found quite emotional when I was a kid. Do you ever see the episode of Ren and Stimpy? Where they put his, no. they lock his flo- um, fart outside the log cabin. <laughs> and there's this little fart wandering through this cold 
snowy forest. Oh. Wow. And you it's well really, up at that, do you? Yeah. I didn't oh. say I well, welled up with tears. Mm. Yeah. And if I said it last week, <laughs> I remember the last thing that made me cry. Yeah. It was Elf. Was really? It? Yeah, at Christmas. What part? When you watched it, you realised was it wasn't just, that good. I hadn't slept much, and I was just really emotional that that day, and I was just I was a mess. It's about the tenth time I've seen the film as well. Oh. What part of Elf made you cry? I think at the when end, it started. Well, stuff with his dad at the beginning made me sad, and the stuff with his dad at the end made me sad. It was all the dad stuff. Oh, there's I a lot re- of dad stuff going on. I really don't it, get the whole Elf thing. Really? Yeah. That's gonna make not, me sad. Not as well. a fan. That's a good film. It's but, all right, but yeah. every year it gets more and more like people. When it's on, people go crazy for it on Twitter. See, I don't yeah. get the whole Anchorman thing. I don't get Anchorman thing either. What? It's become a thing. That's why it's. It was a but funny it's movie, funny but movie. it's not on this pedestal. I bet, that everybody I bet puts it on. two's not very good. I I just think it's so easily quotable. But that's that. probably why I hate it. All these people oh, really? that walk around sort of quoting so it's Little Britain. <sighs> yeah, Little Britain did get very old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're right. Uh, email from Darius who says did I hear right that Bear Park is a fellow Pompey lad do they talk like that in Pompey I don't know yeah sometimes in that case he's right that we don't cry I remember leaving the cinema <laughs> after Hotel Rwanda on Port Solent Odeon <laughs> a true story based on the worst genocide the world has ever seen mere ten years after it happened and the grumbling chem- sh- sorry and the grumbling of the champ <laughs> what and the grumbling of the shambling Pompey crowd was silly foreigners. <laughs> wow. Wow, genocide. Is, oh. that, is that what you said after coming out of that? getting a bit homesick. Yeah. Silly foreigners. <laughs> silly foreigners, what, what the are fuck? they doing? Why are you talking like a cockney when you do? Because I don't know how Pompey people talk. Okay. Well, I've been to that cinema. Have you? Yeah. What did you see? Do you know what? I think, I, I think that's where I saw Jurassic Park. Really? Yeah. Pompey? Jurassic Park. Odeon Port Solent. Used to be Park. UCI. Oh, do you know what? It, was, it would have been a UCI then. Yeah. Good. There you go. There we go. Interesting. Right. Also, he's got another question. Anyone excited about Injustice Gods Among Us? Uh, I almost wetted myself when using Batman Super Move. Ooh. Which was a double punch in the bladder. I don't think we've done Batman Super Move. We played it all yesterday lunchtime. I had a really good laugh playing it. We weren't very good. No. Because most of us in the office haven't really played Mortal Kombat, so we don't know the combo system. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, it I seems think fun. I we got into it, we had a really good time. Yeah. I guess my main concern would be the super moves are great, but how many is? There? I think there's one super move per character. Like yeah, yeah. Like you'd get pretty bored of that every time it happens. Someone did it because the animation goes on for that bit too long, I guess. And it's really easy to do. Like yeah. there's no skill involved. I in think there's loads pulling of stuff. We, obviously, we've not found. No, of course. Yeah, but I think we should play it this lunchtime actually. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much depth there is. So over time, we'll play it more and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll report back we on the all, podcast. I think we should all master a character. Batman. Superman. Joker. Oh. Harley Quinn. There you go. Uh, <laughs> next bit of feedback from David Trevino, who writes in quite frequently. Hello, yes. David. Um, I asked this in response to something that I've missed. The title is Spontaneous Combustion. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. You right, yeah. okay. Because this is quite a weird email to read out if this is apropos of nothing. It begins... I have not spontaneously combusted, That's good. but I have been on fire. Ooh. <laughs> I was standing next to a Coleman heater with an open flame, and I felt really hot. I turned to the guy <laughs> next to me and I said, are you really hot? The guy looked at me and yelled, you're on fire, man. <laughs> Everyone's telling me to stop, drop and roll, but I just ripped off my shirt. Like, like Superman. Uh, I got second degree burns on my. Sh- oh, it's actually got quite serious now. Oh. I, I got yeah. second degree burns on my shoulders, and it hurt like a son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, it's kind of a sad ending. Yeah, mm. we can still. Oh, sorry about that. I, I feel bad for taking the piss now. Yeah, it's but, a good story. Uh, though. It's, a good, it's a great story. How bad is second degree burns? I don't actually know. Um, well, first degree is the worst. Is well, I know that, but like, what? The, what's the classification? Um, like I burnt my thumb while cooking. What's that? That's not classed as anything. Well, it, hurt. it must be classed as something. <laughs> I don't know. Being a pussy. I've I, and I've put, I I dropped the iron once and I went to catch it and I caught it by the hot side and uh, oh man, no that, that hurt a lot. When I was a kid, that it, hurt a lot. When I was a kid at Christmas Eve, um, we were saying bye to all our family because they came around for some dinner or something, and the iron was on. But there was a box of after eight mints and I really wanted one. So while everyone was gone out of the room, I went and reached over for an after eight mint and burnt my arm Yee- on the iron. Oh, little piggy, that was little piggy painful, bear park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be pretty fat. <laughs> was it set up like that on purpose? Probably. It's like aversion therapy. If you eat chocolate, you'll get burnt. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, 
Um, well, stop, Anyone drop else? and roll. Is that what you think of? Is that what you're supposed to say when someone's on fire? I don't know. You're on fire. Yeah. It's probably better just to shout fire, no? You're, you're a on fire, man. Fire. Oh, well. Well, we hope you're doing well better now. <laughs> uh, I have some feedback from Jonathan, who's 16, apparently. Right. Uh, he says, I finished Bioshock Infinite within three days of its release on 1999 mode. I was going to say, <laughs> he played the early version. Uh, the kick I got from overcoming some very difficult battles, the hardest being the infamous Siren, where I must have died a hundred times over, left me with a great feeling of achievement. This, along with an amazing story, has led me to conclude that Bioshock Infinite is one of the best games in the last few years, or, dare I say it, this generation. Mm. Uh, before, you, before you go on... Can I just talk about the siren? Like, did you think that fight was particularly hard? The siren? The siren fight. It's the resurrected Lady Comstock in the... Oh, right. Um, no. No, me neither. And, and like loads I, of people... I think I... Alex, as we know, I think some people in our office aren't very good at games. No, but this wasn't... This was over Twitter. <laughs> oh, OK. Like, loads of... Like, a, a few people, uh, I, even from the IGN US team, said... What, even on normal? I assume so. I don't know. But they were saying, you know... the. the this is the only part in the game where they were like, fuck you, Bioshock. But I just... I, I thought didn't it was, find I it thought that it was hard. quite... I just stayed oh, right back, just, used the sniper yeah. rifle, yeah. and and if I anybody got too close... Yeah. You kept shocking her. Yeah. And the carbine. Yeah. Maybe we were just really, really good. Anyway, sorry, go can on. I, can I go back to something that Daniel just said, though, because that was much more interesting. Uh, who in our office is shit at games, in your opinion? Tom. Tom. Tom will freely admit it, though. Tom. Who else? Um, I want to know the list of who's shit in our office. I'm pretty sure games. I'm gonna throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Rich. Rich. Me. Uh, who? Who else? Will. Will. <laughs> Will, is wow. Will, is. <laughs> Will spent all lunchtime doing one Tomb Raider puzzle. He still didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shep. Wow. Is anyone good no, at games? Shep's all right at games. He's oh, all right. he's good at Call of Duty. He's, he's all right at FPSs, yeah. I yeah. mean, this is irrelevant to all our listeners who don't know That's these people hard. are. He's but... going around the, slagging them all off. <laughs> I or... just want to be able to go back to the office and say that you slagged them off. Tom will freely admit he's a bit crap. Cool. Maybe he just doesn't want it called out in the podcast. I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying. Uh, Jonathan also <laughs> also says, uh, the second thing I wanted to say was, yes, Brussels is a shithole. There you go. Thank you, Jonathan. Final mm. word on it. And that's because he lives there. That's not just his opinion, but he actually lives there. So, Fair enough. There you go. Uh, right, so let's move on to the games that are out this week. And obviously, we've mentioned it already. Injustice is out this week. And if you like fighters and comic books, then I would probably go and buy it. RJN gave it an 8.2. Mm. Uh, Fire Emblem is finally out on 3DS. Uh, I haven't actually played it, um, but it's it scored... Oh, excuse me. A little bit of windy pops there. Uh, <laughs> it scored really, really well in the US uh, when because it came out end of last year, right? I think, or maybe no, the beginning of it. Like, I think we gave it 9.3. But it's uh, it's kind of by the same people who did Advance Wars. Highly and that intelligent is. systems. It's a really highly acclaimed strategic puzzle yeah. game. Um, I did play the old Fire Emblems, and while they were good, there was a lot of bloody waffle in the story, and I'm not a good waffle person. But I'm definitely going to try this out. I'm looking forward to it. Again, another really good reason to get a 3DS. Yep. And then finally, some uh, Dishonored DLC, Knife of Dunwall, which uh, that's out this week as well. So check that films it's a, a fun week this week uh there's a movie coming out called bait 3d which i wasn't previously aware of <laughs> sounds a lot like piranha yeah would you right. like to hear the synopsis what, what's yes, it called please. sorry bait 3d uh it's set in australia and a freak tsunami traps shoppers in a supermarket along with a 12 foot great white shark this sounds what? brilliant <laughs> that sounds great so yeah. presumably the Shopping centre is filled with water. Yeah. It sounds like an ex- <laughs> like, I like <laughs> if it wasn't. It sounds the like the polar opposite of uh, Life of Pi. <laughs> yeah, it does, kind of. I'm all over that one, though. It's, it's, probably, it's probably as beautifully shot, I'm sure. And <laughs> um, probably will win as Lee, many awards. And Lee did direct it. And Lee, yeah. <laughs> um, also coming out is Olympus Has Fallen, which we've spoken about previously on this podcast. That's a... Uh, if you like your diehards and your lethal weapons and your silly, dumb, big action movies, yeah. it's a throwback to them and it's really good. And all our Gerard Butler nonsense is still up on the site if you want to check out our... Yeah, he was good when he came in. Extended chat with him. You liked it, though, didn't you, as well? Yeah, it is, it is like, ridiculous. I think it walks... Uh, sometimes I'm not sure whether it wants you to laugh at certain bits, but there are definitely moments in there where it really hams up the kind of cheesy action vibe. Switch your brain off and go see it. Yeah. And also, our uh, Evil Dead is in cinemas now. 
and we really like that. Yeah, you saw that a while ago. Saw it a while ago. It's a good remake. Yeah. It's a it, good, it probably, violent... It probably has less humour than the original. Yeah, definitely. But it's got fantastic practical effects. Yeah. Like, if you like spectacular gore... Yeah. I must admit, the trailer absolutely turned me off. I can't stand oh, that kind of thing. Yeah. In, in the actual yeah. movie. There's some sound effects in the actual movie oh, which God, will turn yeah. your stomach. And it's got to be the bloodiest film ever made. I can't believe a film has had that much blood in it before. Oh, I raise you brain dead. Really? By Peter Jackson. Do you think they have more? It's the end when he gets the lawnmower. And he just... <laughs> well, it depends what... Because uh, I've seen Brain Dead, and I, I must admit, I didn't know what to expect. I saw it at the That's cinema. Really funny. But it's just, it's more of a funny film, yeah. Oh, yeah, because there was, like, the bit with the kung fu priest and the priest, like, hump, the zombie priest humping yeah. another zombie at the table. Was it Peter Jackson? Yeah. That's crazy. All I'd say with Evil Dead is I didn't think it was particularly scary. Nah. It's more oh, fun. Yeah. It's yeah. more fun. And it's gross. nasty yeah. and gross, but it um, yeah. didn't frighten me. I found myself laughing a lot through it, but yeah. just because I didn't know what else to do. I don't know. I don't have any other reaction but that to laugh at quite, stuff like that. That happens quite a lot in horror movies. Yeah. yeah. You know humour and horror quite close together but yeah we loved Evil Dead so go see that there you go uh, well that's it for this week's podcast actually um, you can get in touch as always IGN UK feedback at IGN.com or Facebook and Twitter slash IGN UK uh, next week we're going to be talking about Iron Man actually because you lot will have seen it by then we can talk about it openly yep which we'll is be talking exciting. about it we'll have a review up on the site we'll have the spoiler cast up on the site it'll yeah. be Iron Man heavy on IGN next week nice uh, so yeah, uh, if, when's it out? It's, it's out. Oh, it's a couple of weeks. Isn't it? No, no, it's out next week. Oh, so so people may have uh, may have the chance to have seen it by the time this podcast. If you've gone opening day, yeah, you will have seen on it on my birthday. So let, let us know your oh. or send Daniel a, a happy birthday tweet and uh, let us know your thoughts on Iron Man before next week's podcast, and we'll try and read them out. Anyway, until next week, we will see you later. Bye. 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 Nowadays, trends and news cycles change faster than we can blink. But there are some things that withstand the test of time. And if you're looking for a connection to something timeless, and maybe also a glimpse of life at a slower pace, I believe everyone can relate to the very human experiences explored in Jane Austen's novels. And that's where I come in. My name is Alison Larkin. I'm a writer, comedian, and narrator and host of The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin. I spent a lot of my childhood in the part of England where Jane Austen lived and wrote, and now that I live in the States, nothing gives me a sense of homecoming quite like narrating her books. On this show, you'll listen to award-winning narration. I'll give myself a pat on the back for that as well as conversations with actors, writers and other fascinating people who all share a passionate love for Jane Austen. So please, join me as we embark on a wonderful journey through Jane Austen's work. Be sure to listen and subscribe to The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin wherever you get your podcasts.